What's up, Braves Nation? This is the Ethos Braves Podcast. I'm your host, John McKay, and I've got Kyle Clark with me on the line from uh, that voice you're getting used to hearing from New Jersey. Kyle, what's up? John, good morning. It's a, uh, a beautiful Friday uh, here in, in New Jersey, and uh, excited to chop it up and talk about the Braves. Um, the Braves are, um, I, I wouldn't say hot, but I wouldn't say cold right now. They're kind of like lukewarm, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you know that's going to happen. It's a, it's a little bit of a long road trip that they've been on, and if you've been noticing, John, the Braves' strength of schedule has gotten significantly more difficult here the last, yes, uh, the last week, week or so. In general, uh, in totality, the month of May is tough on the team. So. You know, I think that, you know, obviously what happened, I know that you and Jeremy talked about the Blue Jays series, you know, for what it was, um, you know, you chalk it up as kind of like a learning experience and moving on. But um, mm. they came back and played a first place Texas Ranger team that I think is a little banged up, but still surprising some people. They have a really good offense and uh, and we held we held our ground. We held serve. So, um, you know, it, it's been a little bit tough, uh, difficult to stretch and it's going to get a little bit tougher as well coming up here, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But um yeah, it's it's been a uh, it's been an eventful week to say the least. Do the Rangers kind of remind you of the Orioles? How young and talented they are. Uh, I see. I think that they're building in two different ways, but yeah, they they are a little bit younger in that mold of like up and coming team that you know is going to, you know, be there throughout the season. With the Orioles, it's a lot of homegrown players like Gunnar Henderson. Um, mm-hmm. They have uh, Grayson Rodriguez, Cedric Mullins. They have all these young guys that they developed through the system. Kind of like the Atlanta Braves did, right? They're signing them to mm-hmm. team-friendly deals, and you know they're they're starting to really come on. And I mean, the best is yet to come. I know they have a couple of studs in the minor leagues that are coming up here very soon. Um, so I it's, I think that they're really good, uh, and we saw them already. We saw how how that series went. We took two out of three from them, but it was we had to earn it. We had to earn our money there. And then uh, on top, on, in terms of the Rangers, they're building a little bit differently. A lot of trades, a lot of free agent acquisitions. We didn't even see their two big free free agents from the last two years, Jacob Degrom and um, and Corey Seager, who just came back. I think Corey Seager came back that last game. Um, he, we, he got a sack fly in that game. Yeah, so he just came back. He's been out for a little bit. So, um, so yeah, I mean, they're a good team. Semyon they got on free agency. Nate mm-hmm. Nate Lowe they got from Tampa Bay. Adoles Garcia they brought up. Um, Jonah Heim, who is their catcher, who's who's homegrown as well. Our old friend Robbie Grossman. We can talk at length about them, but they got a good good lineup, and uh, they gave us all we could handle this week. So I, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, you live in New Jersey, correct? Yes. Um, now I know the Orioles affiliate. I'm not sure they're the. I'm not sure who their high A affiliate is now. It used to be um, Delmarva, which is that New Jersey or is that Maryland? Uh, say it again. Delmarva? No, that's not New Jersey to my knowledge. That might be Maryland. Okay. But... I do know, so the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, that's a Phillies affiliate. Um, and I know, I'm pretty sure Hickory, which is the Texas Rangers affiliate, is, and that, um, has played them a good bit. So you might, you might see some of those prospects in Hickory if you're ever able to go see the um, Blue Claws. Well, yeah, I mean, attending a uh, an affiliate of the minor leagues of any team that's not the Braves is probably slim to none that I do, but uh, that's so funny that you know your uh, New Jersey geography pretty well. I'm going to throw a, a name at you that uh, was near and dear to my heart growing up, the Trenton Thunder. 
Uh, mm-hmm. At first, when they came up, uh, when they, they were created, they played at Waterfront Park in Trenton, New Jersey, which was just a, a stone throw away from my home uh, growing mm-hmm. up. And um, they, first they were affiliated with the uh, Detroit Tigers. Then it was the Red Sox. And then it was the Yankees. And then they kind of, I guess they disbanded disbanded them or something happened in that nature. So um, I think so they're yeah. back, actually. Are, are they? That, that would be new. I think I they're with the Yankees now. I, I I have to look that up, but I got to see a lot but, of players come up through there, and it was it was a really a really cool experience. Nice. I love the minor leagues because we're right here next where I live. We're right here next to Rome, so mm. they're 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 up in Hickory right now. I found that kind of ironic that uh, the brave the minor league team or, or the high affiliate is at the high affiliate of the team that the major league club is playing. So. Oh, fair enough. Another thing I found interesting about this Texas park is their mound is on hydraulics. Uh, it's on what? Hydraulics. You can raise is and lower it? the mound. Yes. I, no, I must to, have missed that. I must have missed that. According to Ben Ingram, that um, their uh, their mound is on hydraulics. I think that's kind of cool. I've never heard of that before. And then all their dimensions in their ballpark have um, to do with numbers that are retired on the outfield in the outfield for the Rangers. So hmm, very interesting. And, interesting. And another interesting thing about that park, John, a little trivia question for you is why is that park memorable for an Atlanta Braves fan in the last four to five, four years, four years? That's where the Houston, um, that's where the NLCS was in 2020. That's correct. So if you remember during the COVID year, no fans, they had the playoffs. It was the Braves first, like, Real shot at it, right? At the real shot at it. They played the divisional series there. I believe that was against the Marlins, I want to say. I think they played the Marlins, swept them, and then that's when we played the Dodgers for the first time in the NLCS. Lost that series, but still gave it a really good mm-hmm. a good fight. And then, obviously, the next year we beat them in the NLCS, won the World Series. But every game in the playoffs, every National League, American League, all were played in that stadium. So, uh, And I think it was brand new at that point, too. So that, that has some good memories for some Braves fans. Well, you were correct. The Braves had made some more good memories. They um, they they won this series. Um, as we've already talked about, me and Jeremy on Tuesday, we um, Monday night the Braves won. Uh, uh, they got right. They won a twelve to nothing game and kind of eliminated those bad thoughts out of their uh, out of their bats from this weekend. And then Tuesday, they lose a tough one, seven to four. Um, and I thought Schuster kept it together pretty much. Um, yeah, Jared, I don't know how Jared you saw Schuster. It. Well, well, we well let's let's first start off on on the game. Uh, so that was obviously really fun to watch as a Braves fan. Ronald hit a home run. I think Riley mm-hmm. went yard. Ozuna, who's had a horrid May, went yard, and I think Pilar did too. I think Pilar started the party. That was a blowout. Twelve zero. And our yeah, how could I forget that guy's just something else? And the fact that we signed him to that three year. Uh, that mm-hmm. cheap, I think it was like three years, eight mil. Easy, easy peasy. Uh, he's he's just killing it. So Charlie Morton goes six and two third, gives no runs, one walk, ten strikeouts, dominant effort. Charlie's ERA is now two point eight five. He's just been better than I was hoping for, to be honest with you, so far. And you kind of hope that uh, you know negative regression doesn't uh, eat him up one start coming up. But he, um, you know, despite being one year older, he's old yeller for us, Charlie Morton. 
<laughs> done. And what what a game that was. I mean, you score 12 runs, you set the tone immediately. They faced a rookie left-handed pitcher. Braves in the National League against left-handed pitchers. That's what they do. They destroy him. You know, Ozzy from the right side of the plate, two for five. You saw a lot of guys getting in on, on the action. And also, John, that game, every player in the starting lineup, one through nine, had at least one hit. So uh, it was really mm-hmm. good to see. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's how we got started. Uh, started rolling in. It's, you know you're clicking when everybody in the lineup has, has got a hit. Yeah, it's just passing the baton from one person to the next. There we go. Um, Ronald has continued his home run streak. He's at four games Oof. as of this today, as as we speak, Friday morning. Um, looking ahead to Tuesday, um, the Braves they kept it close. Um, um, let's see, three one, and then. And, Rangers got a bulk of a bulk of their runs. They got two runs, and then back four, three in the top of the eighth, I believe. And um, Adola is killing people. Right, uh, solo shot that four. That's how the game ended on Tuesday. Um, and I got I got one more trivia question for you. Do you know who Adolis Garcia's brother is? Cool. Um, I don't. Adonis Garcia. Do you recognize that name? It sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on it in the moment. He played for the Braves back in the, the rebuilding year. He played third base. He played right field. Oh, uh, wow. I did not know that. That's crazy. Huh. Yep. Nice little uh, back there. I get... And if you're wondering where I get all my trivia effects, um, thank you, Ben and Ben and uh, J. Chad and Kelly. y'all yeah, help me out a lot. You're, you're good, good. You're a good lis- listener for sure. That yeah. So this game, uh, you know, a little bit frustrating, but the Braves fought back late. I will say this: shout out Rainer again, 455 feet, John, and you got and this home run that he hit. This ball, it was a, a, a I think a curveball or a slide. It up high and then dropped below the strike zone. It was definitely going to be called a ball, and Ronald just golfed it. He hit this ball so hard and so far, it was a bomb, and it got the Braves kind of some life again. Murph, uh, Olsen gets on the next batter, and then Murphy hit a home run too, and you're like, okay, 6-4, can we make a run here? But I did want to touch on something that you had mentioned. Um, you talked about Jared Schuster. So we know Schuster had a, the story of him this year. He had a good spring training, mm-hmm. had really, really good numbers, came up, was – couldn't throw strikes, couldn't locate the changeup. Just everything was not working for him. He got sent down, came back up, got obliterated again, and went back down. We haven't seen him since. The Jared Schuster that I saw uh, on Tuesday night was a lot more composed, a lot more confident. Mm-hmm. He went five innings, three hits, two walks, three runs, three K. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Jared Schuster. I liked what I saw this time around. The first few times I was, I was out on him, I said on this podcast, I don't want to see but, you know, injuries happen, and this is kind of where we're at. And he came up. His fastball had really good bite to it. I think it was up over one mile an hour, you know, faster than it was uh, in spring training and his first two starts here. 
he attacked with his fastball. He wasn't afraid to do it. And he was throwing a lot of high strikes, which is really good because, you know, it's just as the left-handed Ian Anderson. His best mm-hmm. pitch is his changeup. In this, this you know, for, for Schuster, he's left-handed, so his pitch is on to the left, right? And obviously, Ian Anderson throws the opposite way because he's right-handed. And Jared Schuster, he can't rely on that changeup if he's not keeping the batter honest with his fastball. So what mm-hmm. I saw here today was he was trying to get ahead with his fastball. He's thrown at 93-94, which is, you know, that's where he's going to sit. But he has to be precise with his location. He was throwing high strikes. Rangers batters were getting under it. They're popping it up. And he was really, you know, dictating that and then coming back with that super changeup, right, which had a lot of bite to it. He got – but he got a lot of weak contact there. So I liked what I saw from Jared Schuster. I don't know what the plan is for next week, and we're going to – I'll bring it up a little bit later what I think they're going to do. Um, but I liked what I saw from Schuster. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, decent outing from him, five innings, three runs. You'll take that. Um, and then, obviously, the bullpen kind of – imploded dylan lee gave up six hits in an inning and a third two earned runs and joe jimenez who i'm not quite sure what he's doing on this team still he got <laughs> he gave up the home run in the ninth when we were trying to make a comeback so uh yeah that that kind of puts a bow on this our offensive heroes i talked about acuna's home run murphy's home run but other than that rc had another two for four day um but other than that not much to uh write home about um so we look ahead to Wednesday evening, and the Braves looked like it was going to be a tough one again. They end up, um, well, I won't spoil the, I won't spoil it. Um, Eddie Rosario hits a two-run shot in the second inning, two nothing Atlanta, and then the Rangers come back with three in the fourth, I believe, um, and then the Braves come or they get. Um, the Rays come back and get four, and they they um or two. I'm sorry, take a four three lead, and then the Rangers get two in the I can't remember the seventh or the sixth five four, um, and then I believe it's five to five, um, and then in the top of the ninth, Orlando Arcia hits a solo shot to. Win it for the Braves. So, yeah, what I think game. my Exciting. recollection is pretty spot on. Pretty spot on to say the least. <laughs> uh, you hit the nail on the head. Jumped out in front, and then you know it was four-two, and kind of looking like, man, is this? Are they going to drop this winnable game? Acuna hits the home run in the sixth to get him started. Like you said, Seager sack fly, and then in the eighth and ninth inning, the Braves took over, and Arcia, nice little swing to he hit it that to right center field, and it, he knew it was gone right away, and it kind of just. Summed up a perfect uh, encapsulation of, of him and what he's done for us this season. Super clutch, just uh, just just made of nails, and uh, it was see, and that's a huge win. They needed that series win to go to 27 and 16, 11 games over 500. Now we're going down a little bit more difficult stretch, but um, you know Strider looks human. You know, five innings, six hits, four runs, seven Ks. Like he's getting hit around a little bit, and I, I just I think that it's a lot of mental going on things but uh bullpen pitch well mentor two outs in four pitches nick anderson looked good and glacius looked good his velocity was up so it was down his last outing when he got when he got kind of bum rushed so you know that was fun to see you know the only thing i want to talk about here is you know <clears throat> i think with 
uh, Marcelo Zuna waking up and having a really good May. I think he was leading the National League in home runs uh, when I saw that in May. Um, mm-hmm. This lineup now with with Darno Garcia back is healthy. This looks like our opening day lineup, and um, you know they're tog- toggling. Uh, sorry, toggling a little bit with the lineup. They're trying Riley at cleanup and Ozzy, you know, batting third. You know that I like that. That's fine. I would like to see Olsen in that third hole. And then maybe move Ozzy up to two, or, you know, what I'm really waiting to see is is Michael Harris be Michael Harris again. Um, he went 0 for four this game. He's hitting 194. You know, he's had a couple injuries that have held him back. He had the bat, he had you know a, a knee or something like that. Um, so mm-hmm. he hasn't really been able to get going. And I think for this team to really hit their ceiling and be the ender that we know and make a run at another World Series, I think they need him. Well, I don't think. I know they need him to be Money Mike from last year, the Rookie of the Year, and I, I think that's going to happen, uh, John. I saw, I saw something online. Uh, it was like a graph talking about like the regression, the positive regression coming Mike's way. He's making a lot of hard contact. He's lifting the ball in the air, uh, and I think he just needs to continue to do that and get a little bit of good uh, Babbitt luck. And um, I, uh, I tend to agree with you. I think uh, Mike will turn it around. He's He's a good player. He's a good athlete, and I've watched him since he was at Rome. So I, I've seen him for a while. Local kid too. I always like yeah. to see the local kids play. Got to root well. for the local guys for sure. And the dog wants to be on the podcast. Yeah, it's <laughs> just if someone walks within my house of a uh, hundred. Oh well. Yeah, that's um, for sure. I just, I'm really happy with this game. Um, you know, Schroeder shares that, like you said, he can be human. But I, I think, you know, he'll have, I mean, he'll have one of those games. He'll have those games every now and then. But we're we're spoiled because we're used to seeing the dominant Schroeder. But, you know, he'll be back to that format, I believe, soon. Um, like I said earlier, Akinja continues his hot streak. Got another home run. Uh, that's four games in a row. Um, Arcia, you know, the hero because he's had a lot of those moments. Yeah, Arcia, uh, he's just he's just made of nails. He's clutch, and uh, I think you need those type of players, especially because we lost Dan's, you know, captain clutch for us the last five six years. So it's kind of good to see that uh, you know another shortstop's making a great impact for the Braves. So this, you are um, you unwittingly brought up a point for me. So. Let's take a look at this. Freeman compared to Olsen. How do you think that trade has worked out? Well, you're, uh, well, it, what, I, it wasn't a trade, but you're talking about like the, the exchanging of players. The trade-off. Like how Olsen compared yeah, to Freddie. I, you know, here, I don't want to get on my soapbox about the whole Freddie Freeman thing. I've talked about it for, for the last couple of years. I'm tired of it. But yeah. I'll say Freddie is – and will be one of the greatest Braves of all time. He, mm-hmm. we can talk about what happened, or we don't even have to talk about that. But in terms of on the field, he's got Freddie's hitting 300. He's just hit his eighth home run last night. He had a triple last night. He's doing Freddie Freeman things, which is making solid contact and hitting for power when he needs to. The stark mm-hmm. difference in contrast between Freddie and Olsen is, is that Olsen does not make contact. Olsen right now is leading the major leagues in strikeouts, Ooh. I think, for like. 249 strikeouts this year, something crazy like that. They just did an article on him in The Athletic, and 
Yeah, he's at, he has 11 home runs, 30 RBIs, 32 runs scored or something around that ballpark. But I miss that when we needed the ball in play and we needed a hit, Freddie always mm-hmm. delivered. Always delivered. And what I'm seeing here now is, and I disagree. If you remember last year, the beginning, the first two months of the year, Snicker had Olsen batting second behind Ronald, right? And the Braves mm-hmm. did not take off until – uh, he moved Dansby into that two-hole and then Olsen down to the three-hole. So then I'm mm-hmm. seeing in spring training again, like Olsen in the two-hole. Every game this year so far, I think except for one, Olsen's been in the two-hole. And I think I think Ozzy batted second the other day or someone batted second the other day. I don't like him there. Because, it, mm-hmm. yes, you want to bat your best players one, two, three, right? But I don't like him there because he's not making enough contact. I want him in that three-hole. I want him in the three-hole. And I want Austin Riley in the four hole. So what does that mean? Does it mean moving Sean Murphy up to two? Sean Murphy has an OPS over, you know, a thousand. That won't hurt. He's hitting for power, yes, but he's getting on base, right? Mm-hmm. To maximize the ceiling of this lineup, because Ronald is a world beater. He's the front runner for the MVP. That is that but we're finding out right now that when they've been going through their struggles against the Blue Jays, against the Rangers, even against the Orioles a little bit, Ronald's getting on. And when he's not stealing the base, Olsen, if he's not hitting a home run or creating damage with the bat, is a strikeout. He's not advancing the runner. Austin Riley's hitting 240 here right now, right? He hasn't figured it out. He's Then, then it's like Ronald's on, and then you think that you can just, you know, in any inning, Okay, here comes a rally because he's going to get on. He's going to get to second. But the two three-hitters aren't making enough contact right now. So what I want them to do is, against left-handed pitchers, move Ozzy up to number two, right? You can have Olsen bat third and then Riley bat fourth, Murphy bat fifth. Or you can switch it up. I just think that you need to put Matt Olsen in a position runs because that's what he did in Oakland. He had 40 home runs, 120 RBIs, right? He had a big year last year too, but he had these struggles where he doesn't make contact. They Drop him in the order where he can just produce runs. He's not a huge on-base percentage guy like that. Yes, he had, takes his walks, but the contact's not there. So either move Murphy up to the number two hole against righties, move Ozzy up there, uh, and then just drop him and Riley down where they can do damage when they do make contact with guys on base. So that, And I think the, the real key to this is the long-term thing, uh, I think, is, is that maybe not this year, Michael Harris is going to be that two-hole hitter. I think eventually mm. that's where he's going to land because right now they're messing around. They got him at eight, nine, seven, whatever it is because he's not not really producing right now. But I think in time, that is how you unlock it. You play against right-handed pitchers. You move Harris to two. And then against left-handed pitchers, you move. It all trickles down and follows through on there. So I've got two points for you here. Um, one, so I heard on the radio that you know, Acuna's not going as much as he would like because he is trying to keep the right side of the infield open for Olsen to pull through. Um, is that is Olsen's yeah, left-handed? I, yeah, Olsen's left-handed. And yeah, I, I think that has some merit to it. But, you know, Ronald has 18 steals. He's leading the National League in stolen bases. Mm-hmm. But also, he doesn't want to run them out of an inning. So, like, if he leads off... Than like he's been doing, he doesn't want to mm-hmm. even take the chance of like, okay, stealing second, do I get thrown out there? Maybe, maybe not. But 
at least I don't want to take the bat out of Olsen and Riley's hands with someone on base so they can do damage. So, right. You know, we're going to see how long to figure this out. He figured it out last year after about two and a half months or so. Um, and I think that for this team, the ceiling is they need to they need to move him down. They need to move him down to the three hole or four hole. Let him drive in 120 runs and call it a day. My second point is I really last year I thought the Braves were hot, hottest when um, you had Acuna lead off and Harris batting ninth because it was like you had a second leadoff hitter. Yeah, that's a that's a speed. different. Yeah, that's a different uh, take. And again, I like that too. But look how deep this lineup is, where you're batting Ozuna mm-hmm. seventh, um, you yeah. know, Mike eight or nine, and then Garcia nine. I like Garcia in that nine hole too because he has a high on base percentage. He's hitting over 340. It's the same thing, the second leadoff hitter. But if you want to maximize the athleticism of this offense, I think that you would want. I, I would just, I would love to see Harrison that two hole. I think that that, that is ideally what he's going to be eventually and and um because he has the power he gets and then it's like you know a lot can happen when you get those two on the bases but yeah nine hole I, i'm cool with that while he's struggling 100 percent. i can go with that too because like i said you have you have arcia at the nine hole and he's a scrappy on base type of hitter so i, I do like that as well i was just i mentioned that because i remember that from last year yeah um my second comparison swanson to well, uh, Arcia just on the field. Okay, so a lot of comparisons in terms of their defense. They both have range. I think Arcia has a way better arm than Dansby does. I think Dansby, they both, so they both make the easy plays. They both make the difficult plays. Dansby, he was he was a a maestro out there. I will never say anything bad about his on-the-field leadership and anything like that, or his defense, because mm-hmm. he was elite, elite, elite at the top uh, level. Uh, I think that uh, there's not a lot of difference between Arcia and him from what I'm seeing. I know uh, the analytics like uh, Dansby a lot more, but I will say mm-hmm. that uh, Arcia, man, he just looked so smooth. He made a play the other day. I, he, like, dove to one end and, like, like a submarine throw across the diamond just got his man at first base. And I was just like, that's, nice. I don't know if Dansby Swanson makes that play. Cause I don't think Dansby has that kind of arm where Arcia just like whistled it right, right through. Um, it was really impressive. Mm-hmm. This guy, I, 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 I always thought he was good in a utility role, but now he's getting like the confidence. He has the contract. He knows he's, he won the job out of spring training. Like he is, he's a winner. Right, like he is a winner, and he's showing it every day. So, you know, uh, he's he's putting up better offensive numbers. I think he's putting up, you know, similar defensive production, and uh, you know, and I think that another another thing that should be said is that you can tell the team loves him. He, he's loose in yeah. the clubhouse. He's not that leader like Dansby was, but you know, not everyone is. Not everyone has to be. So, right. Um, I like what I'm seeing, and it's again, like I said, it lengthens the lineup out. If he's not even he's gonna hit 340, but if he's gonna hit. I don't know, high two two hundred two eighties two nineties. I mean, that's still a huge win for what we're paying him and and kind of what that situation could have looked like. Because I mean, John, you know, you know this, right? Like, they lose Dansby to free agency. They don't make a real splash in free agency, despite having all this money, all this you know financial flexibility. And you're like, well, okay, so it's Vaughn Grissom, but there's question marks about his defense. Then at the end of spring training, we hear uh, uh, Shoemake making a run for the role. And we're like, okay, what is going on here? What's the plan? Then on opening day, they sign Arcia to a contract extension. 
They give him the yeah. job, and and all he's done is be clutch, um, hit really well, play a plus defense, and and be needed really badly. Even mm-hmm. when he was hurt, we knew that we needed him. So it's been a. Uh, it's uh, I guess you got to tip your cap to Anthopolis once again. Definitely. Um, so do you have anything to mention or talk about from this game, or should we move no, on? No, let's put a bow on this Ranger series. Awesome. Um, well, as we're speaking Friday morning, the Brave, the Seattle Mariners are coming into Atlanta. And, well, Cobb County, Tourist Park, Atlanta, yeah, technically. Um, <laughs> um, and Bryce Hilder's on the mound for the the uh, the Mariners. Do you can you see who's on the mound for the the Mariners? Yeah, so this is going to be a really challenging series. I know that the Mariners' record is twenty one and twenty two, but don't get it twisted. This this is a playoff team. They're having a lot of um, guys not hitting to the back of their baseball card, um, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a challenge. So in terms of the pitching matchups tonight, it's Bryce Elder against Bryce Miller. So Bryce Miller is one of the Mariners' top prospects, he's come up and literally been dominant. 2 and 0, ERA. His whip is 0.42 in 19 innings. I watched him the other night. He's really, really good. He throws hard. It's going to be a uh, challenging one tonight. I know Elder's pitched out of his mind. Uh, we're going to have to hope that he can hold it down tonight. Uh, tomorrow, the Braves play at 7.15, and it's undecided for us who's going to pitch. It might be a bullpen game, and then they're going to face another young right-handed hurler, Logan Gilbert of the Mariners. He's having a little 3.91 ERA, but I expect that to come down. His whip's only 1.02, so this is going to be a dog fight these first two games, and then on Sunday, um, it's a little Sunday matinee um, at 135. It's Charlie Morton against another young flame-throwing right-handed pitcher, um, George Kirby. So, Kirby's uh, 5-2, 2.45 ERA. He's, he's, he was a rookie last year, came up and just was very impressive, very dominant. Um, so a li- there's, I have concerns about this series. Well, I have concerns about this series because, like I said earlier, the Braves are one of the top teams facing left-handed pitchers, but they're against right-handed pitchers. So mm-hmm. let's hope that there's some home cooking coming up because uh, the Mariners are going to score runs. Julio Rodriguez, Teoscar Hernandez. They got all these guys that are that are uh, Jared Kalenic, who's having a really good year, bounce back year. They got a lot of guys, so it's going to be a fun and exciting series. And we're really seeing the Braves get tested here. I mean, uh, so far, like start with the Mets, then they beat up on the Marlins, uh, then it was the tough series against the Orioles, the split with the Red Sox, they played the Blue Jays, got swept, took two out of three from the Rangers, and now listen to this coming up, John. Three at home against the Mariners. Three at home against the Dodgers. Um, and but the Dodgers just lost Dustin May, so we're gonna see what their pitching looks like. But I mean, that's you could argue that's the two best teams, three, two out of three best teams in baseball right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they got, then they got um, four at home against the Phillies, and then to close May they go to Oakland, and hopefully that'll be a, a, an easier series. So. This is gonna get you're gonna you're gonna find out what this team's made of and the, their intestinal uh, internal fortitude to be sure. So I'm excited Definitely. to see it, but I know that these are gonna be you know dramatic grinds uh, for the team coming up. So it's gonna be a nice little stretch of where, where do we we know that we're a team a higher uh, higher uh, higher level team, right? 
uh, and, and, and mm-hmm. everything. So we're going to see where land. So just curious, where you are in New Jersey, are, do you have to deal with a lot of Phillies fans? I deal with all, all, all kinds of fans here. But, yes, to answer your question, I deal, I deal with Philly fans. Um, I'm actually going to the Diamondbacks-Phillies game Monday night. Um, but, yeah, I, they're just the worst. And we don't really have to spend any time on that. Just know that they're just a different level of the worst. Well, I'm, uh, as Georgia fans know, I might have to pull for the Eagles every once in a while this year. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> all the dogs are there. I know, but nah, that's, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, my friend who's a Cowboys fan and Jeremy. Jeremy's a Cowboys fan, too. They're like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. The worst. This is a Braves podcast. You're, don't don't depress me on a Friday morning. Okay, my bad. I was talking Georgia, so I was con- I was connecting it to Georgia. Sorry. No worries. <clears throat> um. So, do, is Jerry Koenig still up there? For, still up for the um, Mariners? Because I know he was hot at one point. Yeah, he's calmed down a lot. I think he's hitting two forty in May. Um, but he had a really good start to the year. But. Uh, you know, I I think that he's turned the corner a little bit and be someone they can trust. They're really good. I think I think they're playing a little bit under their potential, and that makes me worry that they're going to flip it on us this series. So we're going to see what happens. It's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be you're going to have to you're going to have to create and generate runs. You're going to have to steal bases. You're going to have to play sound defense, and uh, we're going to see what they do. It's going to be it's going to be a good series. Is Kyle Lewis still their shortstop, or is he been is he been so, traded? Kyle Lewis is an outfielder, but he's moved on. I think he was with the Diamondbacks, and then he got DFA'd. I don't know where he landed, but, uh, yeah, that's a tale of not being able to stay healthy. Okay. Um, and you men- you've already mentioned their pitching. They've got a lot more pitching depth coming up because they have Emerson Hancock out of UGA, and he's a flamethrower from South Georgia. So he- he'll add to – one of these days he will add to their pitching depth on the Major League Club. So. Like, it sounds like they're. It sounds like they're good at getting pitching, like the Braves were back in the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, they have a really good future ahead of them. It's going to be, you know, I think that they'll eventually take that division over from the Astros, and they maybe next year, maybe year after. I don't know. This year they they can make a run, but they're off to a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a slow start. Would you say Rodriguez and Kelnick are the two ba- uh, bats to watch out for, or do I they think, have any other? Uh, yeah, I think Teoscar Hernandez is a uh, is a stud. He's gone off to a slow start. Um, they got Ty France, who's really good. You know, the, uh, Eugenio Suarez, who doesn't make a lot of contact, but when he does, it goes really far. I think he's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be Cal, Cal Raleigh, their catcher, is uh, is very good as well. So it's going to be a good matchup. We're going to see we're going to see what uh, Bryce can do, the bullpen can do, and then uh, I think Charlie Moore pitches the last game. It's going to be uh it's going to be tough. We'll see. Um, but I did want to before we jump and and uh, end the podcast here, I did want to say something. I have a prediction of what's going to happen next week against the Dodgers. I think right, what's going? I think either Monday or Tuesday it's going to be Mike Soroka day. Ah I think he's coming back Monday or Tuesday. His last start, he went four, two-thirds, five Ks, gave up a run in the first inning, but he, I think he retired 18 out of his last 19 guys. I think that uh, I think that, that second turn in the rotation comes up, and I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to be back. It's going to be fun. It's going to be emotional, um, and I think he's ready. He's going to be facing the Dodgers, so it's going to be uh, not easy, and I would, I would temper expectations. I, don't, I doubt that they let him really loose. I think that 
<clears throat> I think maybe let him go three, four innings, see how it goes, and turn it into like a pseudo bullpen game. But I think we're going to get him back Monday or Tuesday. Don't hold me to um, it, but that's my prediction. I have a I have a prediction that Brace fans aren't going to like. Freddie Freeman's going to hit a home run. Yeah, but he always does against us now. So he does, and it would be Canadian versus Canadian if he if he hits against uh, Soroka. So. Well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully not. No, <laughs> I just like the. I just like the Canadian matchup. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, that's about all I had. You got anything else to add before we get out of here? No, nah, it's good to be back. You know, we miss Jeremy. Hope he's having a good, uh, good safe travels into New York City. I think that's where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just been good to come back here and, uh, and chat about the Braves. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to us. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching us ramble, listening to us ramble. Um you can subscribe to the podcast, any listening platform you prefer. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at F3 Motley Crew. The show is at Ethos Braves. Kyle, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at KC15 on Twitter. And that's pretty much the only one that I, that I do. Awesome. Jeremy's face still in the dark ages. He's on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I like to pick at him. Um, that's about all we got. Um, like I said, thanks for listening, and until next time, go Braves. Ciao, folks.